It is going deliciously. How's it going for you? Um, barring everything going on in the world, I'm doing fine. Um, are you ready to talk about some homeschooling today? Well, on the account that we're all at home now, I think that would be <laughs> quite appropriate. <laughs> it's funny because when we first arranged to do this call with Jessica, uh, we hadn't all been sent home yet at that point, And the whole world wasn't homeschooling. So it's kind of like this call has a whole added dimension to it now that now that everybody's homeschooling and working at home. <laughs> Whoa, the tables have turned for all of those public school kids. Maybe weird, now, huh? Yeah, those of us homeschooler kids aren't going to be weirdos anymore. They're going to relate so much more. Like, oh, maybe they aren't kids living in a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Something do, like that. do you think that this is going to cause more people to be homeschooled or it's not going to have any impact at all? That's so interesting. Um, I could definitely see people like getting a greater scope for it of saying like, oh, because there's such a stigma of homeschoolers being, you know, introverted, I guess, kind of nerdy, abnormal humans that yeah. are just, you know, living, surviving off of the land of trees and whatever. But I think <laughs> it'll bring some sort of normality to it. And people will realize it's a lot easier and accessible now, I think. Yeah. I don't know. So one thing, I think that if people go to homeschooling for all kinds of different sorts of reasons. Um, like Some people go to it because of religious reasons. Some people do it because they're, they have very aggressive, maybe athletic goals. Like I knew some people in school who were doing gymnastics 24-7 and they needed to homeschool in order to compete at the top level. So there's all kinds of reasons people homeschool. One reason, though, that people I don't think talk about enough is that homeschooling actually lets people be able to teach kids. Basically, kids are able to be taught at the level they're at with homeschooling. And I think a lot of people don't realize that it's actually a way to help kids excel. So maybe it's a way that you could provide like a creative environment for your kids, but also if they're gifted help them excel in ways that they would be held back in school. Do you have any experience with that? Because I know you were homeschooled. Has, was that your experience or what are some of the best things about homeschooling for you? That's definitely so true. Um, at least in regards to, I think people don't realize that kids have different learning styles and that can be something that public schools can't cater to. So for me, I'm like an auditory learner. I learn from working, you know, watching videos, working with my hands and so, like, my mom would pretty much make schooling as creative as possible as she knew that, you know, these were the things that, that would allow me to learn best. So it was if we were learning about Egypt, we would plant, like, the Nile in this little pan and, like, watch it grow and see mm. the whole irrigation system or whatever you call it, um, or that whole system. And those are the things that I actually remember the most of learning about, you know, the nights and doing different projects for that and I think those are actually the things that we're doing hands-on that mm. stick with you throughout the years yeah did did homeschooling help you pursue any of your personal interests at a more accelerated rate than you probably would have at school I would probably say so one for the fact that they you know in regards to our schooling we were um, a part of a charter school, so they would give us certain amounts of funding towards um, our interests or something that's kind of educational. So I was able to afford to go to dance for my whole mm. life because right. of that. And so that allowed just an avenue that I don't necessarily think I would have been able to try um, if I wasn't homeschooled. So yeah, definitely getting to do dance, which led to me getting into theater and acting classes, which brought me to where I am now as a professional actor. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I would say I had some, a similar experience because I spent a lot of time, instead, a lot of time that I probably would have spent just hanging out at school or sitting in classes, I was able to spend working on things like writing. Like I did a ton of writing in high school because I had some free time and I could focus in on my interests as opposed to just doing what doing what I was told to do by like academics and things like that. But what are what do you think now that everybody is self-isolating and this this idea of self-isolation is on people's minds, 
it is homeschooling bad for kids because they won't be socialized. I feel like that's the number one thing I hear when people talk about homeschooling. Like, are kids missing out on a lot or are there ways that you can offset that distance and still get the socializing in? I think it can vary between families, which, you know, unfortunately, some parents aren't going to put as much effort into it. And that's the parents are who really, you know, determine whether your kid is going to have that social interaction. So for me, I was heavily involved in school, like because it's a charter school, I could go to PE classes once or twice a week. And I would see a bunch of other homeschoolers that are a part of Mm, my mm. charter school so we would meet up we, we would make make friends that way a part of like science olympiad still so we would meet up you know once a week for that and it's really what the parents want to put into it and like what the kid is willing to do also right, and so right. i think you know i think that's just a crazy uh i don't know you know fact that people that's not true so yeah uh, yeah <laughs> there's definitely ways to still socialize and become a socialized person even while you're homeschooling so i'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest so we're going to talk about this some more with her jessica kohler has a phd in school psychology from the university of maryland where her research focused on school-based prevention collaborative school teams and teacher efficacy prior to that she conducted neuropsychological evaluations of children at a functional neuroimaging lab investigating the underlying neuroscience of dyslexia and hyperlexia that's pretty crazy as part of a university-based research study dr kohler also supervised the implementation of a social skills intervention within a public school district aside from her research experiences she worked as a school psychologist in public school settings, conducting comprehensive psychoeducational assessments and developing academic and behavioral interventions for struggling learners. Dr. Kohler furthered her clinical training to become a proficient collaborative consulting assistant, regular education teachers' efforts to improve learning outcomes for all students. Outside of clinical and research roles, Dr. Kohler has experienced as a lecturer in psychology at the undergraduate and graduate levels. Dr. Kohler has been a homeschooling parent for the past five years. In addition, she has written a book and has a blog at Psychology Today called Beyond School Walls. She also teaches online psychology classes and is the co-principal investigator of a research project focused on the social, emotional, and behavioral characteristics of gifted learners. So what are you what are you telling people? Because that, that's kind of what I've been wondering. How, how are people handling this now that everyone's working from home and homeschooling? What's the what is some advice you're giving people for that? Um, I you know for me I I'm trying to tell like specifically talking to like my sisters and stuff just to um, really right now be focused on everyone just being kind of together and being safe and not being so stressed about staying, you know, connected with any sort of curriculum. And there's that, you know, they can really be, if it's too stressful, depending on you know, a lot of kids, depending on how old they are, um, you know, you can give them some different activities and there's lots of online learning opportunities that I've been sharing with people. But for younger kids, to some extent, if parents aren't one-on-one -on -one with them, it's it's been really tough for them. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been, I've been trying to tell them it's okay. They're so young. Um, you know, you don't need to be so worried if, if, if they're seven and they're, you know, they're not exactly going to be following around, following along in the first grade curriculum. It's okay right now. And especially, mm. I think it's also what people need to be thinking about is everyone is so stressed. And, you know, yeah. I know with, with our own kids, they're stressed. They're like, I think it's finally hitting them. Like, what do you mean? We can't go to restaurants now. And, you know, and I think we need to understand how it's all interfering and it's going to interfere with learning in general and, and to take time to do things that you might not normally do, like playing lots of games, doing lots of puzzles. I mean, which can all be part of homeschooling ish kind of things too. But I think it's just a, a you know, a good time to be, um, you know, just, being able to connect and do things that you haven't done before, hasn't had time for because everyone's generally so busy. But um, I know the problem is, is some schools are sending home like lots and lots of work for the parents to um, 
complete with the with the kids. So that's that's a harder a harder kind of uh, situation where their kids are being expected to still be doing the same work that's in school. So parents yeah. are really trying to figure that one out. That one's harder to navigate. And I've talked to my husband. You know, he's got lots of people that he works with that are going through that, and the parents are sort of tag teaming. You know, and it's um, oh man. It's an interesting experience for them. Yeah. Yeah. But I've definitely been seeing a lot more people out and about because um, I go for I go for a lot of walks and I'll see a lot of families out biking together or out, like with smaller kids. And I'll see families out walking the dogs together, which normally never happens during the week. So it, from that perspective, I mean, it's kind of nice that they're getting that time together and kind of getting their their P.E. in. I know when I was homeschooling, we kind of found. PE was pretty much anything that you did. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> totally. And and finding I'm finding my husband just commented on it yesterday. Um, you know, where we live is a you know a small little neighborhood and it's actually a cul-de-sac, but we are seeing so many more people, like families and kids biking and just being outside than we normally do because everyone is typically just busy with so many structured activities. So it is it is kind of refreshing. I mean, these are horrible circumstances, of course, but it's sort of refreshing to see this sort of like things that maybe I I saw growing up more, like people just outside in, you know, walking and walking their dogs, like you were saying, that's kind of nice. Yeah. One thing Sarah and I, so Sarah and I just caught up before, before we uh, are chatting with you, we just caught up and I was asking Sarah if she thought that this exposure to homeschooling, you know, kind of by, you know, it's kind of been enforced or necessitated, but do you yeah. think this exposure to it will cause more people to possibly go into homeschooling or do you think they'll just revert back to how it was and people will be like, oh, glad, glad that's over. What do you think? I think that it will be a mix for sure. Um, but I do think, you know, that pe- there are going to be people that are going to be stepping into this, like thinking I ne- and having thought, you know, I never could homeschool. And then potentially realizing how much of regular life is sort of learning and how easy it is to access different types of learning opportunities now, either through technology, of course, we've just got amazing resources that way. But also, um, maybe they'll start diving into learning more about, you know, different opportunities for homeschooling that are even in their communities once we're, once we don't have to do all the social distancing. So I imagine my thought would be that there will be more people that say, wow, this is kind of nice. I can I can do this. We, we can do this. We can um, we can figure this out for our family and you know, kind of best meet the needs of our individual kids. And so I, I would, I would hypothesize there would be a, a slight uptick in homeschooling, but yeah. I, that's just conjecture, of course. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you have this very impressive background. You've done a lot of very interesting things. How did all those things that you've done with your, you know, your, your studies and these um, projects you've been a part of, how did you kind of transition from that into homeschooling or was homeschooling always a part of it? Were you, were you homeschooling the whole way along or did you kind of at one point make a transition? Uh, it was a big transition, <laughs> actually. You know, my background is I was public school and um, went on and got a degree in psychology and then a, a PhD in school psychology worked as a school psychologist and worked in a bunch of um, research labs, you know, mostly dealing with big projects within public schools. And so um, my husband also similar in terms of he went to public school, totally different career path, but went to public school as well. So we had always thought that regular, the regular typical school path would be um, what we would choose for our kids. But our kids are a little bit um, (laughs) atypical in some ways. And, um, you know, with our older son, it was pretty obvious from early on that he was um, kind of meeting a lot of the sort of uh, milestones and things like that much earlier than was typical. And um, with him, we originally uh, tried, he was about, I don't know if he was about three and a half, we originally tried um a play-based preschool, which had been highly recommended by the people that lived near us at that time. And it was um, a really terrible fit for him because <laughs> he, mm. was, he was at three years old. He was reading chapter books, right? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and for most kids, everyone loved this place, right? It was such a great fit um, for so many of the kids. But for our son, it was a really bad fit. He was not the kid that wanted to just run around on the playground. And um, so we realized the next year we found him a really academically based preschool. And then he went to a charter school for 
gifted kids in kindergarten. And then we moved and um, found a really, um, uh, you know, a fairly prestigious private school that was a pretty good fit academically. And all these schools were generally letting him work several years ahead in the academic areas. And things were, he was always pretty, he was always quite successful, he's never had any sort of um, issues in school. But then his little brother came along <laughs> and totally different, totally different kid. We uh, made the mistake of trying to put him in an academically oriented preschool because his brother had had success there. <laughs> and um, he, he would have done really well in the play-based preschool. Mm. And, you know, went through, went through preschool, had some difficulties because he's got lots of, um, he's super creative and imaginative and learns, <laughs> learns quite well, but doesn't want to be told what to learn. And um, very extraordinarily different than his brother in a fascinating way. And we started kindergarten for him in the regular public school because we had realized that the private school where his older brother was would not be a good fit. And three months in and me volunteering, and it was just, it was a bad fit. And the teachers even said, you know, he will be really successful, but probably not in this environment. You know, it wasn't a good fit. 30 kids, he was already reading um, and he, you know, he wanted to be out playing and having, you know, recess a lot and that kind of thing. So we pulled him out to be homeschooled. And it was like he was a totally new kid because he was starting. Mm. To get, he was starting to feel badly because he was getting in trouble, you know, and this is a way we had never um, experienced any of this with our older son. And he was starting to just go to school and feeling like it was just a negative experience. So we pulled him out and it was just an amazing transformation in his personality and his attitude and his wanting to learn. And when that happened, after a couple months of that, his older brother kind of saw what was going on. And even though he had had success, he was like, wait, this is pretty cool. I mean, I could be homeschooled and sort of, you know, self-direct my own learning and figure out what classes I want to take and what I want to do and um, sort of work at exactly my level. And I was like, sure. <laughs> and um, so that's so he finished that that year it was his third grade year at the, the private school he was at. And then for fourth grade, he started homeschooling. And I can tell you for our older son, who is very academically advanced, it has just been such a gift to be able to homeschool him. He is, you know, with online classes and, you know, he's able to work on work like four to five grade levels ahead in a bunch of classes. And it's just really helped. And he's even teaching his own classes now. He's teaching his own history classes. He started his own sort of business. It's just been, it's just given him so much time to be able to, um, you know, really focus on the things that he, the things that he loves to learn, which is many different subjects. And then for my younger, for our younger son, he is just so happy because he spends, their homeschooling looks so different, right? The, for um, our younger son, it's much less structured and a lot of playtime um, with a lot less focus on as, as many um, sort of courses. Our older son though, loves taking structured courses, loves mm -hmm. textbooks, that kind of thing. So it's, it's been interesting, is, yeah. Is it hard balancing those two things? So I would imagine, I mean, you have one kid who's kind of a di way different kind of learner and then another kid who's, who's, you know, another kind of learner. How do you, how do you tailor both of their, uh, their academics and their curriculums to them? And how does home, does, and how does homeschooling help you with that, I guess? Well, I sort of, you know, I think one of the things that I like to think of when I'm thinking about homeschooling and people ask about what it is we're doing, and I don't know if you've heard of like the term, like a, when you get a bespoke suit, I like to mm. think of it bespoke education, right? Like it is tailor-made for each of them. That's what we're trying to do. And to some extent, it's not as challenging as it, as it seems with having two very different kids because our, our older son is very um, intrinsically motivated to learn and to work hard academically. So he does, he really does, he self-directs a lot and really decides it's, it's like he's kind of in college he, er, much earlier because he's in terms of the schedule type of that he does. He decides what classes he wants to take. He formulates his own schedule. He does a lot of online classes, but we do classes to, you know, he and I together as well. 
And with my younger son, I, I do have to be more hands-on. So, you know, I, we're able to balance it in that way. But, I, you know, there people, there's, I, I, I marvel. There, I know lots of people that are doing, you know, that are homeschooling like six different kids that are mm. all quite different. And, they, and they're able to balance it. And they're able to fit in, you know, special individual time with each of their kids and different, you know, even even with our, our two boys, that, you know, they can be, we can be talking, you know, do things like art together, art history, and, you know, they're, they're learning about it and they're together, but they're learning at different levels. So there's easy, easy ways to sort of, you know, kind of be talking about the same thing with both of them and they're getting different things from it. Um, so, but yeah, lot, lots of different ways. And, and sometimes um, our older son teaches our younger son too, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so um, what's the age difference between them? Um, there are three and a half years. Okay, so it's pretty sizable. Yeah. And um, so kind of getting back to this, you're talking about how your older son's intrinsically motivated. I know I was reading your article about creativity and motivation, which really intrigued me. And one thing, let me see if I have this quote in there that I saw that really intrigued me. So you included this quote. I don't remember who it's from, but you include this quote that says, over the years, my colleagues and I have discovered that intrinsic motivation, the motivation to engage in an activity out of sheer interest in an, in an excitement in an excitement about a task is essential for creativity and intrinsic extrinsic motivation, motivation driven by someone or something outside of task itself is almost always detrimental. So that's really interesting to me. Do you ever... Like, so it sounds like your oldest son is very much intrinsically uh, motivated. And another thing you point out in that article, too, which I found really interesting, is that a lot of the things that are, I think, considered extrinsic motivation are kind of harmful to these kinds of people. But they're also commonly found in school environments and in employment environments. So are you at all worried about how how your son might make that transition or like, how are you thinking about that in terms of when he transitions into working in the work world and things like that? Well, um, for our older son, I'm not worried <laughs> at all. <laughs> <laughs> he is, um, so determined and intrinsically he's, he is extraordinarily intrinsically motivated in all, you know, in many academic areas. And, um, it, you know, going back to what you're saying, I think I think the quote that you were that you were I think that was from uh, psychologist Edward Desi, and he's the one who developed self. I believe, but I'm not positive of that. He's the one who developed self uh, self determination theory and how that is so connected to you know intrinsic motivation. And what you're saying was is you know something that is so important and so um, unknown to so many people. The fact that most of the ways in which we try to um, increase student motivation by using extrinsic reinforcers within schools or as parents um, or in workplaces um, are things that actually are generally detrimental in the long term for um, you know the development of creativity and even just for for the ability to um, complete complex tasks. So a, a really interesting person to to look into this area is Daniel Pink. He didn't he um, did an awesome TED talk on this this idea and the problems that we have not only in like schools and stuff, but he talks a lot about within the business world how everyone is constantly trying to throw more money or bonuses and stuff. And those things actually undermine um, what we're really trying to do is to develop that sort of self-directed intrinsic motivation. And, you know, and he talks a lot about and he uh, Daniel Pink talks a lot about from building on from Edward Desi's theory that he, he has, um, you know, sort of perfected over many decades is that, you know, for that there are three components to self-determination theory, like um, and, and the most important of those being autonomy. Right. If you want someone to want to complete a task to be motivated the number one thing is that you give them autonomy and i think we think about we think about things almost backwards in regular school environments and i say this as someone who was a school psychologist a big part of my job was you know figuring out how to to get kids to comply and complete the task or to sit in their yeah. chair and behave and there was a huge push for behavioral principles, those operant conditioning, like uh, positive reinforcement or punishment, you know, type of things to get kids motivated. And they might make changes in the short term, but the problem is in the long term that they're going to undermine that intrinsic motivation that we really want. So getting back to your question, no, I'm not worried about that in the future. <laughs> um, 
for, for part of, you know, for a lot of what I was just saying, but also because, you know, I think the world is changing so much. And so many of the jobs of the future are going to be things that we're actually going to be um, interested in the more in, in create, you know, that are going to require creativity and they're going to require people that are able to, you know, do the complex thinking. They're not going to be those more simplistic tasks that do, you know, that, um, you know, that are more amenable to sort of extrinsic reinforcers. So no, I'm not, that isn't something that actually worries me. I just, you know, I kind of like to think about it as a joy theory of motivation that, um, you know, I kind of, I, I give, we give, I'm like a guide on the side as a homeschooling parent, but I want them to be able to, you know, dive in deeply to whatever they're interested in. And it's been fascinating to watch, watch it unfold and see how, how much they learn when it's what they want to be learning about. And I will tell you that this is not exactly how I, how I sound right now is not how I sounded when we started homeschooling five years ago. <laughs> and, um, yeah. That's something to keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I do think I think a lot of people are really worried when it comes to homeschooling because, like I said, I've said a couple of times already, um, even before with Sarah, is that I was homeschooled and I, I I think homeschooling is great. I'm not in I'm not entirely convinced it's for everybody. So I, I think maybe kind of interesting. I could maybe talk to you a little bit about that. So maybe if there's our outline cases where or some cases where it's not the best fit, but I do think it, it's really good in terms of encouraging young people to pursue their interests. Um, one one thing that kind of got my brain thinking about this topic again, because it's been, I've been, you know, I, I went to college, I was homeschooled went to, for a while. And then in high school, I was sort of more, very much just self-directed. I kind of sort of just taught myself in high school and then college. And then a couple, you know, I've been working in the workforce for several years now. So this kind of goes back a little bit, but I was reading an article by Billy, so not an article by Billy Ellis, but an interview with Billy Ellis, that singer, Am I saying that name right, Sarah Eilish? Uh, Billy Eilish. Is it Eilish? Okay. I always, I always yeah. spell it wrong, too. Eilish. From my okay, understanding. I don't yeah. know. I, I know who she is, but I don't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> yeah. Right. But she's, she's, like, she's kind of got like a crazy fashion sense and everything. But I guess she was homeschooled and so was her brother. And now they're, you know, super successful. Um, I think they won like a crazy number of awards at the the music, that music show. What is that? Is that the, that's Grammy. the, the Grammys, right? Yeah, yeah. Grammys. And uh, so that kind of got me thinking is in an interview, she was like, you know, homeschooling is not like this weird thing. It's a bunch of people who it's a lot like college. It's a bunch of people are doing fun things. They're going on field trips. They're thinking about cool things they want to do. And they have the time to think about the things they actually like and to excel at the things they actually like, as opposed to just figuring out how they fit into what other people say they should be. So now, on the flip side of that, I do kind of wonder. So. Kind of get back to what I was saying. I think a lot of the, a lot of parents get really worried when they start educating their kids themselves that they're gonna a fall behind. I think that's a big because we're we're in such a competitive world that mm-hmm. people. I th- I do think people get a little worried that they're not gonna be able to keep their kids at the level um, of other people, like other where other kids are at. So that's one thing. And then I guess there is a sort of worry of you know how their kids are gonna fit in eventually because I mean homeschooling doesn't last forever. So I don't know. That's, I guess those are kind of the, some of the concerns I think I, I notice people having when they, whenever they talk about homeschooling. Yeah, I mean, I definitely <laughs> I have family members that feel I know I have I, I you know I hear those concerns for sure, and I think we even had some of those concerns probably like I said early on. Uh, my husband and I probably have very we are, we've kind of really evolved in our thoughts about a lot of it, and I think you know, what you were saying about Billy, um, I don't know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think what she's, you know, what she was commenting on is, it's just amazing, right? And that is the, what is just so, you know, almost hard to describe to people is, you know, when you have kids and you let them sort of dive deeply into whatever it is that they're interested in, the learning that like surrounds that in so many different areas is like profound. And, you know, I've seen it unfold with my, you know, with, with our kids. And it's just like, you, you know, you do get, you know, early on, especially I was worried. I was like, oh, you know, they need to be at this level. They need to be moving along. We need to make sure they're having, you know, they're in these kind of outside groups all the time. And, you know, we've totally, um, like I said, evolved and we're less like that because we, we're seeing them unfold as these amazing humans in into themselves. And we're, at the same time, we're seeing the world changing in terms of, you know, what is college education going to look like with, yeah. you know, advent of so much online learning? What are the jobs of the future? And, you know, I 
you know, I think thinking about, and I think where the area that we live in the, you know, the San Francisco Bay area and the Silicon Valley and like innovation, it's amazing, number one, how much homeschooling there is going on here. But um, there's just this openness towards trying new things. And I think it's sort of almost contagious that you're like, oh yeah, we'll figure, they'll figure it out. You know, they might not, they might not, they might not fit in with everyone else. And that might be a really good thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's kind of how, um, I, you know, I think, I think my husband and I all think about it with, with our kids, we kind of want, you know, we want them to end up being who they are. And, you know, as going back to the fact that I'm a psychologist, I mean, I think that's something that's really important for mental health, right? Feeling like you're able to be the captain of your own ship and become who you are, um, from the time that you're a child is, is something that's just gonna really help you throughout your life right to feel kind of comfortable with where you are I'm sure I don't, I don't know what you were homeschooled but for me it was it was a it was a little bit of a story I had some stormy seas you know feeling like I was trying to be something I wasn't to try to fit in in high school you know th- those kind of and I, I know I had a pretty successful high school experience generally um but I mean in terms of the social stuff I, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't focus enough on the academic stuff that I should have um but uh it's it's you know, I think that, I don't know, I think just in the changing world, I think fewer and fewer people are as much worried about those things. But I think there is, there's a, you know, there's a lot of competitiveness among parents. And, um, you know, then there's a lot, you know, it depends on who you're talking to. Some parents, some people look at homeschoolers and they're like, oh my gosh, you're going to get behind. And then other people look at homeschoolers and they're like, oh my gosh, all the homeschoolers I know are like five grade levels ahead, you know, yeah, so it's a, yeah. it's a mix, you know. Um, and I, but I would say just in general, in the past, 10 years, um, there has been a huge shift in what people conceptualize in terms of when they think of a homeschooling family, you know, it's, it's changed, it's changed greatly, but, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if I answered your question. It was kind of open-ended, but I do, (laughs) it it is really interesting. I I think, because I, I was homeschooled so for a long, for you know pretty much the entire time I was in what do you, I don't know what you call that but basically elementary school and high school, mm-hmm. but I I do think that there are still some some stormy some stormy stuff that can happen especially as kids get older and I kind of like I know some I know I was talking to one guy he's a, a really impressive you know he's doctor a doctorate of something and runs a couple businesses and stuff and he homeschools a lot of his kids. But he does at some point, he does kind of take every kid separate. Like he takes every kid, every case differently. And I know he mentioned, which is kind of something I think I might have gone through when I was a little younger. He mentioned that one of, one of his kids, the words he uses were, used were one of his kids got a little hormonal. <laughs> and so they sent that kid to, that kid ended up going to school. And I think that was just a better fit for that kid because right. he was able to engage in sports. And I know one problem I had when I got into high school which was that I got very, I kind of, I don't know what the word is. You're, you're a psychologist, so you probably know how to say this better than me. But I got a little bit like, I didn't want people telling me what to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is like a typical <laughs> teenager thing, right? So like, I was like, oh, I'm going to, te- I just want to do my own thing. And so I wouldn't really listen to my parents anymore at that point. And so, so good. Oppositional? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure what you say is right. I don't, I don't know this stuff, but <laughs> I didn't really want to listen to my parents anymore. So I kind of had to figure out a way to teach myself, you know, and I don't know. I just, I figured that worked for me because of how I am. And I, you know, I was able to do it, but I feel like there are a lot of kids who maybe they would get oppositional like that. And then maybe they wouldn't have the wherewithal to still be able to follow through. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think what you're saying is, is you know, can't be emphasized enough that while homeschooling can be an amazing choice for lots of families and kids. It's definitely not for every family or every kid. <laughs> and I think that's what, you know, it, it, you know, it's really figuring out what is the um, best fit. And, you know, for, and I, you know, I, I imagine that our, both of our children will continue to homeschool like throughout, but, you know, mm. our, our younger son is definitely more extroverted mm-hmm. and, could see him maybe at some point saying, you know, when he's in high school, um, you know, maybe he would want to try, um, you know, the regular the regular school again. But uh, and we'll be fine with that. But, I, you know, I think it's just a matter of like just understand and understanding. And I've, I'm in lots of different homeschooling groups and you see this all the time. Lots of times parents will homeschool for a while and then, you know, either they'll figure out with their family like, oh, maybe, you know, they, they want to transition into into the regular public school or a different type of 
um, private school that might be a good fit for whatever their interests are. And, and that works out really well. And then sometimes it doesn't and they come back. It's just, you know, it's, I think it's really willing to be having flexibility and, you know, I, I can't, I can't emphasize enough having the ability to have flexibility if you're a homeschooling family, because <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll try, you'll try lots of things and they might not work. And, um, you know, you have to be willing to say, okay, I'm trying this and it's not working. Let's, you know, let's, switch gears a little bit and we'll, you know, kind of take a different tack and, and figure out another method. Um, Cause I think a lot of times people come into these kind of situations like homeschooling and they think this is what I'm going to do. This is exactly what it's going to look mm. like. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm going to have a schedule every single day. I'm going to stick to it. And then you're like, it's really hard, right? So mm. many variables, so many variables happen in life and that's okay. You know, then you start talking to other parents, it's the same thing. If you've ever worked in a school environment, you realize just how much, um, time isn't spent on instructional time. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. You know I mean? That's that, uh, you know, uh, my mom and I were just talking about that cause she's a former teacher and she was like, you know, cause a, a lot of people are really stressed right now cause their kids are home and they're like making these, you know, really you know, structured schedules, trying to make them, you know, have seven hours of schooling a day, like to replicate what was in school. Mm. And that, you know, for mo- kids aren't learning seven hours a day, right? Like there's so many other things going on. There's so many distractions. So just a, you know, a couple hours for younger kids and a few hours maybe for older kids of some sort of, um, you know, instruction is going to really probably be a match for what is going on in schools. But um, like I said, I think it's just a, you know, adopting a, a, a mentality of being a little bit flexible if things aren't going as you want them or you think or you envision them to be. Um, that's definitely something that we've learned along the way that you just have to be flexible and be like, OK, this worked for, you know, when they were when they were nine. But now, you know what, this might not be the, the best the best approach when they're 12. So, yeah. yeah, and we're and homeschooling, I feel like is I work in technology and I've worked for I've helped a, a several startup businesses grow. And I feel like homeschooling is a perfect preparation for that kind of thing and probably any other kind of thing that's heavily self-directed, you know, in startup situations, uh, startups kind of thrive and live and die by their employees being able to take up their own work and work under self-direction. So mm-hmm. there's definitely like, I mean, it's almost like a, for me, I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert on it like you are, but <laughs> for me, it's like, it almost seems like that's like a fast track almost to, to figure out to getting those kinds of skills. But I know when I was in high school, kind of getting back to that whole, the whole thing I was bringing up, um, because I think probably in some ways I might be a little bit more like your younger son when I was younger. And my little brother was probably a little bit more like your older son because he had he had no trouble with homeschooling the entire time. Like he was the guy who was up at 8 a.m. pounding through his books, you know, and very, very diligent about that. And um, and then when I was in high school, I know I wanted I kind of it really bothered me some of the because the, I was very extroverted in high school and mm-hmm. some of the some of the lack of outlets for that really troubled me, I think, looking back on it. And I remember, Sarah, I don't know how you felt about this, because I remember thinking, like, because we, we, where we live, um, it's such, like, a high school-oriented area. Like, it's like, you know, whoever's on the football team is a big deal. Um, proms are a big deal, all that stuff where we grew up. Uh, did you ever kind of think, like, man, I want to be like, because I know all the time I was always thinking, until I went to school, I went to school for, like, five weeks during um, a summer thing. And I was in there for five weeks. And I was like, this is what school's like. No way. <laughs> and I was like, they lock you in like, what the heck? So I just, um, I quit after the like, five weeks and went back to homeschooling. But, uh, Sarah, did you ever feel that way? Like you were missing out on a lot or you just kind of needed more social interaction? How, how was that for you? Um, I can't say that I ever wanted to go to public school. So just, you know, overview of my education. I was homeschooled from first through 12th grade. Um, my my family, my grandparents were like, oh, this, is, this isn't real school. You need to send your kid to school. So I think that influenced my parents to put me in public school for, I lasted three days. And I was like, <laughs> this is the absolute worst thing on the planet. And I cried every <laughs> single day. I was like, this is such a stinking waste of time. I could have been like hit 12 o'clock because I was the person that would get up at five and I would finish my homework by 12 and I would have the rest of the day free. So I thought it was a waste of time. In regards to the social aspects, I was heavily involved in in our charter school. So mm. I never felt like I was lacking 
really social interactions in some ways. Um, but a problem was I also lived in the country, so people weren't willing to travel out to me. So in regards to like real friends, I kind of felt like I didn't get real friends uh, interactions, but I was so heavily involved in scholastic um, endeavors like leadership <laughs> and stuff like that, that I think that fulfilled that element for me. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you bring up like the prom because <laughs> you do have different people kind of uh, always ask things like that. Like, well, aren't you worried that they won't get to go to prom and homecoming or, you know, and um, I kind of flip that on its head a little bit because I was the prom queen and, <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like there was too much focus on socialization and not that I had the time within school itself, like you're saying, like, it, you know, I felt like, you know, there was so much mindless stuff going on, but I felt like so much of what um, encompassed all of my thought when I was in probably junior high through high school was being too concerned about, you know, the the socialization and being popular. And um, I lost my way a bit because of that and didn't focus on academics as much until I got to college. <laughs> and and I, and I focused probably too much on sports, too. I played soccer. And um, but <laughs> you know, I, I think that I, you know, we always hear about the socialization and are you worried about that? And of course, you know, I want both of our kids to get the appropriate amount of socialization that they sort of want to have. And like, for my, like I said, for my older son, he's, he's much more introverted, but to some extent, uh, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I kind of flip it on a tag cause I'm like, I think I was over socialized. I think there was such a focus on, um, being popular and, and I'm from a very rural, small town, um, sounds similar <laughs> to maybe where you guys are from, where every <laughs> was the focus was the Friday night football game and the, and, yeah. and the, and the and, the, and those kind of things. And um, and it wasn't academics at all. So, you know, I, 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 I and like I said, I, I don't feel like what I'm saying fits for everyone. But I think for for, you know, the experiences that I had and the experiences that we want our children to have it, you know, I, I we're able to easily um get them the social interaction that they want to have, you know, whether it's through different activities or having, you know, game days with there's, like I said, in the area that we live, there's tons of homeschoolers um, to connect with. Although right now we have social distancing, so we can oh, connect yeah. online. But um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I, I think it, with technology too, it's, it's fascinating. Like I said, uh, my, older son who's 13 he just turned 13 in january he's teaching his own online class so like he's connecting he has 19 students in his class and he's teaching it's just a fact like technology is changing so many things and how um kids are able to connect and my younger son has had um zoom meetups that we just had we i met with some different different parents and they do like zoom meetups online um every once in a while where they just like talk about their legos and show their legos things that they've built and they live all over the country it's just uh, you know there's just so many ways to socialize but i know that's always the question that people bring up right <laughs> like aren't you worried about socialization and um i don't know if you experienced that too growing, growing up that that's just always what people are are concerned about and i you know it, it once you start homeschooling you realize all the opportunities that are available you kind of become less concerned about that and you know also as a, as a psychologist um i take the you know i really feel strongly about the importance of attachment and the fact that kids and teenagers should be most strongly attached to their parents and a lot of what we're seeing of you know issues that we have in our in our current society are that a lot of kids are becoming much more peer oriented than they were in the past. And so I am happy to rein it in a bit and, you know, you know, have um, our kids be more parent oriented until they're much older and um, kind of fully developed, but still still having friendships. But you know, realizing that they, you know, learn their values and um, kind of what's appropriate behavior and you know, those kind of things from us rather than from peer groups. Um, and 
there's an in- really interesting book on this topic from, uh, uh, what's his name, Dr. Gordon Neufeld. It's called Hold On to Your Kids. And it was actually a book that I read that was really changed my mindset a lot about this issue and realizing just, you know, we think, I don't know if you've heard of the concept of attachment within psychology, we usually think about it in terms of, you know, parent-infant attachment being so important for later development, but really attachment is so important throughout throughout your life and that that strong attachment developing it you know with your children and your teenagers really can have a profound profound effect on their you know success later in life and success with relationships so that's just another another thing that um, I love about homeschooling is that just it just lets you be able to be so strongly keep that those strong attachments without as many interfering um interfering variables, you know, like I was saying, like with like the peer orientation that happens so often now. It's interesting. I know Sarah was actually reading your article on that topic and she had, Sarah, did, you have some um, questions about that, right? Um, it's okay sure. if you don't. I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I thought it was really intriguing though. And I, you know, I could see why after reading it, why you would homeschool your kids. And I actually agree that um, you know, in, in public schools, people are getting, or kids are getting, like, more time with their friends and more time with people that, you know, you don't know who's influencing them. Mm-hmm. People are from different backgrounds. And so, you know, if you're surrounding them with good, you know, wholesome old school values, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, you know, good, good moralistic value, then, you know, parents are there to, I don't know, foster that. So... Yes, it was a really great article. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think I mean, it is. I think we don't think about it um, that often that, you know, how much time parents versus, you know, if kids are in regular school and in so many other after school sports and in other activities, how much time they're actually spending with their parents. Right. And and who they are learning those, you know, what what is the right way to behave? What what is the how to know what is right and wrong? You know, what what kind of things are okay? And where do we want them to be learning those things and and how much control we don't I mean, I don't want to say control, but how much influence do you want, you know, peers that they might have um, met in different places to have? Because, you know, a lot of research shows that, you know, peers actually do whatever peer group you end up hanging out with can have a pretty strong influence on your on your development. And so that's something that parents need to keep in mind. And I think a lot of them are, you know, kind of don't really realize how important those relationships are still when the kids are older and um, and how much how, you know, the, the potentially negative effects of spending so little time together. And so, of course, you know, homeschooling just in and of itself just gives you so much more ability to spend so much time together. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think I, I totally agree with that. Um in terms of, I, I know something that I've heard said a lot, which is that during the teen years is sometimes, those are kind of some of the years where your kids need you the most, even though mm-hmm. it might not feel like it because they're probably trying to get their own independence and they're becoming their own people. But I also think another really important thing as I've gotten older, and I didn't think I really knew this at the time, but as I've gotten older, I do think that this thing of becoming who you are during those formative years. I mean, of course, you're not going to be who you are by the time, in in my opinion, as far as I know, you're not going to be who you are when you're done with high school. You still have a lot of years after that where you're you're becoming like your, your brain's developing all that stuff. But there's something about being free of those paradigms that you get in a school setting often. I feel like those can be can be they don't always have to be but they can be a bit harmful if you let those be the only way that you decide who you are is by like you're saying like how your peers decide that you're the football guy or your peers decide that you're the dumb girl even if you're not dumb right or whatever it is or you're the prom queen right like yeah you're the prom queen that's just who you are right but there's so much i I totally understand that do yeah 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 no i i mean i think that is like you said, it's there's lots of kids that are really successful in, in schools and they don't, you know, they have really good experiences. But I do think there is that pretty common possibility that, that you know, some of the forces kind of do navigate you into being someone that who, who, who you really aren't. And I've talked to many people as adults that kind of feel that way that like, oh, yeah, I was kind of 
categorized into this group and that isn't really who I am. I know I, I definitely feel like that and was lucky that, you know, by my second year of college, I kind of came to terms with, yeah, I'm still that, you know, it was funny because in elementary school, I was quite nerdy. <laughs> I, was, I was super academically oriented, like my older son, but then something happened around seventh, eighth grade, and I became much more concerned about, you know, the social and the um, in, in sports and that kind of stuff. And I think it had a lot to do with the influence of my peers. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I think that, you know, when, when I think about it, I do think that my experiences actually had a big impact on, uh, on our decision to, and my husband's as well, you know, I think he would say some, some similar things too, but it, you know, I think, yeah, what you're saying is you can get sort of pegged into a category when you're in like high school or junior high or middle school, whatever you want to call it. And it can be hard to navigate yourself out of that and kind of be who you really are in that environment. And, um, and I think one thing that, you know, homeschooling generally just, you know, and now everybody, there's so many different ways and methods and all this that people, but generally people, kids that are homeschooled, you kind of see them as kind of just being able to navigate their own way more so and kind of develop into who they truly are. And I think that's one of the most amazing parts of homeschooling for sure. I feel like um, having been homeschooled and going into the college world, it's, you know, it's something that you had just mentioned, but like, uh, I feel that that I was able to transition into college easier than actually a lot of the other young adults who were going to college because there's so much independence that I was completely used to of being my own. You know, I kind of, once you hit high school, you're kind of your own teacher. Mm -hmm. People aren't just looking over your shoulder. And so I feel like there's this element of independence in regards to a work habit that I think um, people in traditional high schools won't be able to develop as strongly. At the same time, though, um, Sarah, just to piggyback off that, I totally agree with you. But at the same time, to a certain extent, I, for me, I found that while the school was not hard at all for me to adjust to, because it was pretty much the same kind of structure in terms of like the assignments, I found the regiment around the day really hard to adjust to. Because even though for most people, high school is like this big free or college is this big free thing, like where you're, you're freer than you used to be. For me, yeah. because I had been so free, I found college to be like very regimented. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I could think... totally. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying like I could totally agree to that. But it was more in the sense of like, you know, my fifth grade self when I was forced to go to school, I felt like, man, I, I just drank in. Um, at least in college, those online classes mm. when I didn't have to be restrained into those four walls because I had the freedom to do it whenever I wanted to. And mm. so I totally agree. And I thought it was super annoying, a time, you know, wasting my time to have to sit there and learn it when I'm like, no, I can just open this book, look <laughs> it up. I can finish this homework and, you know, be on with my, be, you know, go on with my life. So I could see that. <laughs> I will say that um, I've talked, you know, I've, I've worked actually as a, you know, college instructor, and I've talked to other professors and stuff, and they often note that the homeschooled students <laughs> are quite successful, and they love having homeschooled students in their classrooms. I've heard this from several people because they're the ones who are, are you know, come in already kind of with that, like you said, having understanding how to deal with that independence a little better. You know, for some kids, it's the first time they're ever kind of thrown into that um, situation where they're able to have more control over their life. And so a lot of times from my purpose, especially from other professors that homeschooled, you know, students come in and they're like, they understand, you know, what they need to be doing. They, you know, take you know, the initiative on their own. They are happy to be like super engaged in the classes and they're the ones sitting up front and raising their hands and um, <laughs> really, really interested in what's going on. So I've, I've gotten just several comments from different professors like they love having homeschool <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in their in, in their classes. But yeah, it's um, I think, you know, I think it, it probably depends a lot on what your homeschool experience is like. Um, in terms of how the transition and what your college experience ends up being, you know, like and what kind of college you go to and what kind of classes you're taking and stuff. Um, but I think in general, you know, my anecdotal experience 
experiences tell me that homeschooled students are generally doing quite well in whatever in, in environment they're they're kind of choosing to go into in terms of college. And um, I think that's something that a lot of parents worry about, but there's more and more data coming out. I think there's what's interesting is there's more research coming out and there's more colleges actually um, with, within their like admissions, uh, admissions, uh, you know, information online and stuff. They actually, you know, they, they have like whole sections on what homeschoolers need to do and to get accepted. And there's almost to some extent in some places, they're really happy and actively seeking homeschoolers for the, for their different, the different universities. So that's oh, pretty yeah. cool. That's yeah. another thing. That's another thing that a lot of people when I was younger, I don't know if things have changed since then. All, all those like eight years ago, whatever that was, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't You're know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know if things have changed, but I know when I started out, which was more than eight years ago, when I started out in high school as a, like, nobody really cared where I was homeschooled or that much until I was in high school. And then that's when a lot of people were really worried that you might not be able to compete for mm-hmm. college. And I never had, and I was worried about that myself, but I never had any trouble competing for school I never there was not a single school I applied to that didn't accept me because I was homeschooled you know what I mean so I do think that that's a good point to highlight yeah well I think we you know there's a lot of times we hear about this is the path these are the courses you have to take to be able to get accepted and but um, almost every school college that I have kind of looked at in terms of looking at these issues for later on with our own kids there are all all kinds of alternative paths and, and most of the time now there is like there's information like if you're homeschooled you know you know we want you to you know whether or not it's it just shows sort of competency in some way or just talk you know write essays about why you were homeschooled and what you learned or you know take you might have to take some subject SAT tests or something like that, but there's just all different. I think I, I, I encounter this all the time too. Like with, I've had the same sort of question asked to me, but like, are you going to homeschool them through high school too? Aren't you worried then, you know, they won't be able to get into college and da-da. you know, I think that I just think that the, the general, uh, you know, information about, the different ways to get into some of even the most elite colleges around. Uh, most people don't know that there's not just one path, you know? Oh, no. I, yeah. I kind of think about that in life. I think so much we get, uh, you've read a bunch of my articles. I don't know if you've read the one Divergent Perception. Not yet, no. Okay, so. I, I will now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we get we get sort of stuck on this, you know, this belief, you know, our brain, get, you know, kind of guides us towards conformity. And it's so hard to see that there are all these different paths to take. Right. Okay. It's so hard for us to step into uncertainty and realize we don't have to be doing everything that everybody else is doing everything, you know, even the way we were we were raised or how we were educated or, you know, they're just, you know, being able to sort of step outside of yourself and say, look, there are all of these different options. And, you know, even, you know, that college doesn't have to be an option for everyone, you know, like those kind of things. And um, I think that with homeschooling, um, you know, I I do see a lot of parents that homeschool that seem to be able to kind of step into that uncertainty a little bit more so. Now it's different families that are homeschooling and they didn't, you know, kind of really didn't want to be and are doing it for different reasons. But um, there definitely does seem to be an attitude of being able to take a different path and being okay well, with it. The- goes beyond, it goes beyond homeschooling too, right? I mean, because you go into college and I remember for me when I was in college, I so I studied English literature in college and I just assumed I was going to be poor the rest of my life, you know, that's what everyone tells you. Like, everyone's just like, everyone's so negative. They're just like, oh, you're going to be poor. Or or like the, everyone just asked me whenever they met me and I told them I was studying English. Cause that's just what I liked. And that's just what I was good at at the time. You know, maybe if I were to go to school now, maybe I'd go to school for something different. I don't know, but that's just what I liked. And I was good at it. And I had had this upbringing where I was not encouraged to do things I didn't want to do just because other people said so, right? Because I was homeschooled. So I studied English and I liked it. And I, but I was always afraid that after school, I was just going to basically be a janitor or something. And um, that wasn't all the case, you know? Well, Sarah, you, you, don't, you can't relate to this? Uh I I just had a very different upbringing, but go ahead. <laughs> no, that's just how I felt. I was like, oh, I'm probably not going to be that successful because everyone's telling me. And I'm just I'm just saying that this is something that goes on in college as well, where people are telling you there's one path to do something, and oh, there's really yeah. not one path. Because I graduated, and I've you know I've been working in software. I've had really cool jobs, you know, and I've done a lot of great things. If I'd known that this was what my life was going to look like, I would not have been concerned at all when I was in college, you know. 
Exactly. I, I think that I think it goes the the thinking that there's only one path does it goes beyond it just goes on forever, right? Like so, yeah. <laughs> you know, we get so stuck in what we know that it is hard to to like sort of go beyond what we already know, right? Like we have to figure out, and some people have really struggle with that, and some people are um, um, are much better at that. But no, I totally know what you're saying in terms of like the different college majors and how different you know people are being pushed to go into certain things, you know, if you want to make money, you have to go into this kind of field, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, you know, I think that's unfortunate. You know, I am a big believer in going into what you are interested in. And then from there, you'll figure out how to make it, how to make it work. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. I think what happens and I like, like, again, I take it back to like our homeschooling experiences. When you start learning out of joy, right? This joy theory of motivation. When you start, you know, this intrinsic motivation turns on. You, it's amazing how you end up learn the kids. <laughs> me too. I actually learned from them. But how the kids end up learning about so many other, other areas. They all connect together, and they're able to see these connections. It's just, it's just a fascinating thing to see unfold. And I think, you know, this happens. It happens to me all the time. I, I mean, even at this point in my life, I start getting really interested in something and reading about it. And, you know, I dive deeply into it and then it helps me, you know, I kind of shift gears a little bit and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so related to this. And now I want to learn about this. And all of it has helped me kind of see the world differently and be willing to, um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it just, it is, it's, it's this ability to, to be, to be able to step off the, the typical path is, is hard at first. And, but once you get used to it, I think you realize that, you know, the effects can be really profound and unexpected in a positive way. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, undoubtedly. I totally agree with that for sure. But I do just getting back to something. I want to get back to something I was talking about earlier real quick, just because I, I don't want to leave it un, unsaid. But I kind of talked about how when I was younger, when I was going through high school, it wasn't really like the, I was homeschooled. I mean, you know, homeschooling is a vague term, I think, because there's a lot of different ways that people kind of, like, I don't know if I was technically homeschooled because technically I was in a charter school, but it was like an independent, you know, like you, you, it was mostly homeschooled classes online, things like that. So I consider that like a version of homeschooling. It's not like pure homeschooling where you have like an affidavit or whatever, whatever it is these days, but it was largely homeschooling and self-directed. I do want to say though, because I mentioned uh, this, the doctor guy that I'm friends with who uh, his, he basically sent his kid to school because he was getting quote unquote hormonal. So, but for me, I (laughs) was still able to be successful in high school being homeschooled but it was through not doing things a conventional way. So what did not work for me was to like be, you know, I didn't, it didn't work for me at that time to be the most balanced learner. Like I wasn't like the best at math, but I was good at all the other things probably pretty much. I was able to, um, and so what worked out the best for me is when I was encouraged to pursue the things that I was really interested in. Um, So like I learned, you know, I was able to learn photography uh, from a professional. I was able to work on writing tons of writing. I mean, I think I wrote my first book by the time I was like 14 or something like that, which I don't think I would have been, would have done if I'd gone to school. And I did a martial arts, which gave me a a lot of outlet for that. And then the extroverted side of me, which, you know, I'm still extroverted today and I don't know if I'm going to survive this quarantine. So I may be the first one to (laughs) drop from that. But I, uh, I was able to find that through just getting involved in groups with very positive people. And so that worked out for me. Like I got involved with some very good groups of people doing interesting things. Like I was in, I was in a group where we would go and perform um, at high schools in front of thousands of people every, every semester. And then, so I found a lot of social interaction that way. Moral of the story, ended up being an okay kid in the end. So I just want to say that for anybody out there who does have sort of more temperamental kids, that it's not like the end of the world. I hear that. I mean, I hear it. That's awesome. I hear those kind of stories quite often, like that from parents who have children that are similar to our younger son (laughs) 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 and um, how it all turns out, you know, and kind of, you know, what you were talking about a little bit in terms of like the different subject areas, like you weren't so into math, but you um, you focused on where your strengths are. And it was sort of like more of a strengths based approach. And from that, you were able to like learn what you needed to learn, obviously, to be able to successfully navigate the world. And I think that's something that's really important too, like to understand that, you know, it might be that your you your kids aren't gonna want to learn exactly the same level or 
um, you know, the same amount of time each day on every on every subject. You might have to be more creative about trying to get opportunities for math involved with a, you know, or it's funny. Our older son is exceptionally strong in math. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's probably his greatest has been his greatest strength always. He's extremely extremely good at math, and our younger son not so much. <laughs> he's not, he's not <laughs> and but um, you know he loves history and he loves science and he you know he and both of our boys actually really love history. But it's you know it's figuring out how how you can navigate um, you know some of those uh, the things that kid that, that a particular child might not have as much of a strength in, but you can can work it in during the day in other ways. You know like. Um, with our younger son, I try to work on math in, in more like practical ways in our everyday life. You know, when my older son's doing pre-calculus, I can't even help him anymore. But um, the, you know, with the younger one, it's like, we're, you know, he, and it's funny how opportunities just kind of pop up in the middle of the day. Like he's really into these hot with different character cars and hot wheels right now. And we were sitting there at lunch the other day and he's like, could I make a data graph of my different Hot Wheels by their, you know, what category they belong to? I'm like, sure, bud. You know what I mean? Like those kinds <laughs> of opportunities come up all the time to fit in. And, you know, I've always tried to encourage them for sure. But it's, it's amazing how often those kind of things come up and, and, and how he really remembers it, right? When it's something that he really wants to do and he's really motivated to do that, like it, it really helps him learn. But yeah, that sounds awesome that you were able to sort of, navigate using that uh you know being allowed permitted to kind of be who you are and focus on your strengths and 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 that that's that's really cool yeah i think it was good for me and i think it helped me i think it for good or bad worse it helped me grow up a bit early um which has been good for me because i was able to kind of take on sort of some loads that a lot of people might not take on until they're a bit older which you know fits my personality so that was good um but i'm i really love what you're doing in terms of you know talking about this stuff and educating people on this stuff and i love your perspective on all this and i am really grateful that you were able to join us today especially with you know having to take care of the kids at home and i guess you're kind of used to that because you're homeschool all the time but still it's busy busy time but i'm really grateful for you joining us today well, thank you so much. It is different having my husband home all the time, though, with, <laughs> with the shelter in place. But it's, right, it's, actually, right. it's actually kind of great. But thank you so much. Hello, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Next time, we are going to have Justin Hazard Lee talking about his experience as a fighter pilot in the U.S. Air Force. So stay tuned.